Hey everyone, Flobo Boys here. This is Flobo Stone on Netflix. It's the show where we talk about all the cool things on the Netflix platform. I just wanted to make two quick announcements before we get to today's episode. Number one, thank you so much for watching or listening, I guess, to this podcast. There's a YouTube element. There is a podcast element. I get the reports and analytics, and it just warms my heart to see fans from uh, Saudi Arabia or Ghana or Benin or New Zealand checking out the show. Uh, kind of me talking to myself most of the times, but sometimes hanging with some of my friends. And so I really appreciate it. I know we have so many different podcasts out there to listen to. And so you made me part of your podcast diet. It means a lot to me. Um, this episode, I struggled with whether or not I was going to upload it. Uh, this is the Ice Road episode. I had my friend Steve Ford. I was on his podcast earlier to be my guest. He had some audio issues. There was a constant buzzing that's happening in this episode. I know I've tried everything to clear it out. If it's not your cup of tea, you'd be totally fine if you said, hey, I can't deal with this. I'm going to go and, and watch or listen to another episode. But I feel like, hey, look, my friends helped me out. My friends asked to be on my show or come on my show. The least I can do is post it. So there's nothing wrong with your radio device, nothing wrong with your audio device. But I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up. There are some audio problems on this episode of Flavos on Netflix. That's okay. If you guys haven't already, my website is newamsterdam.com. That's K-L-E-W, Amsterdam.com, if you want to know more about the shows that I host and I run. Well, without any further ado, it's the Ice Road, baby. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love that little ditty. You know, I feel like I feel like the birds are chirping. I'm feeling pretty nice and pretty, pretty light. Welcome to Global Start on Netflix, where we go through the Netflix catalog to talk about dope movies and content. But I'm not alone. I'm being joined by the host, or can I even say co-founder of the Amazing Talk podcast, Steve Ward. How are you doing, sir? You may, you may. Thank you. Thank you so much, Flobo, for having me. Appreciate being here. Yeah, we uh, met uh, on on this weird not dating site called Matchmaker called, uh, .fm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a guest of your podcast, Amazing Talk. Really a fun time, man. Really cool talking about the Metsies because now I'll be able to talk about them here in Los Angeles. So, yeah, well, you know, like you, I mean, I'm a diehard New York Mets fan, and you know, you prick me, I bleed orange and blue. And my buddy and I, Charles, started this podcast up before the Mets season even started, and uh, it's been going strong ever since. So I'm excited to see uh, where it goes from here. Are you pro-black jerseys or anti-black jerseys? You know, we actually had this conversation when you were on Flobo, and mm -hmm. I know you you were for the black jerseys. Uh, Charlie was for, the, my co-host was for the black jerseys. I was not. And a valid point in this season, okay. uh, ever, right. ever, since, ever since they brought the black jerseys back, they, the team has been going downhill. The night they put them on, I think they, I think it was against the Reds, and they, they lost. And from, from that point on, it's been an uphill battle. So case in point, I'm not a fan of the black jerseys, and now you know why. Well, I'm, not, I was like, I'm not a superstitious guy, but... <laughs> I said that because I, the only jersey I have, the Mets jersey I have, a custom one, is the the pinstripes, which I actually hate. So it's like it's like an ironic thing. It's kind of kind of dope. But we're not here to talk about the Mets, unfortunately, because this season's pretty much a wash. We're here to talk about yeah. uh, the Ice Rose. So you hit me up. You're like, man, this is the movie I want to talk to you about. And I was like, okay. And you said it was a Liam Neeson movie, but it's a little different. And I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. So let yeah. me ask you this: How'd you come across this one? Well, you know what? It, it goes back to. Uh... Before I was doing podcasting, I 
I did a little work with uh, TV Fanatic. They were um, they they do uh, television reviews. I was with them for about three years. I reviewed The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Come to think of it, looking back now, I reviewed a lot of dead shows. But <laughs> nice. um, it, it was a, it was a great gig. I loved doing it. I learned a lot, and I have trans, uh, since then used that information that I've learned for podcasting. But long story short, I've always loved reviewing film, TV. I'm a diehard movie buff. So whenever I'm on Netflix, I'm sure everybody else has the same problem. You spend way more time looking for something to watch than actually watching it. We've all been in that boat. I do it far too often. So I know when we were talking and I, we talked about me coming on, I, I wanted to do your show justice. I wanted to find a, a movie that uh, is just worthy of your, of your show. So when I, when I was looking... What does that I, mean? <laughs> Well, well, you know, this is about the the uh, the hidden gems of the Netflix world, right? So I think this I think this is the perfect film for it. And mm -hmm. again, going back to Liam Neeson, this caught my eye because of Liam Neeson. Absolutely love him, amazing actor. And you know, the box art kind of caught my eye. So you know, the Ice Road, nice catchy title. So yeah. I'm gonna give it a shot. Ice Road Chuckers. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll get to that in a minute. That's why I'm not a particular fan of this as an actual Liam Neeson movie. But overall, it's a pretty decent movie. Mm -hmm. So, one thing led to another. I clicked play. I watched it, and I, as I've, I've used this before with you, I was pleasantly not disappointed. <laughs> okay, and for those of you, uh, sorry to disappoint you, but you are spoken for. You have a missus. Yes, that is true. And did you, you watch it by it. yourself, or did you watch it with her? I I did watch it by myself. Okay. Um, she did not want to watch it with me. <laughs> She's a keeper. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So let's talk about this. Uh, yeah. The the Boston Herald is giving this movie a C plus. IMDb gives it a five point six, and Rotten Tomatoes has it as rotten at forty two percent. Just overall thoughts about it, though. I mean, you're pleasantly not disappointed. What does that look like to you? What is a film that's pleasantly not disappointed look like? Would you recommend it to a friend? I would recommend this. Um, okay. IMD, IMDb rating probably is not far off. I'd probably give it a, maybe like a six and a half out of ten maybe a little bit less but yeah um again neeson neeson's awesome and everything he does right i mm -hmm. i love the take i love the taken films well like let me go back i i like the first two films yeah i'm about to say third, third, third one i could I, I could do without but you know uh those films were good i really liked the gray i don't know okay. if you've seen that movie i have i have great movie um you know when it, it's funny when i went to go see that movie uh, I think it was a date night with my wife and I back in 2011. I remember going to the theater like, yeah, hey, Liam Neeson, let's go check out this movie. And I, we were watching this movie. It's like, man, this is, this is depressing as all hell. What the heck are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, through, through subsequent rewatches of that film, I have grown very appreciative of that film. It's probably one of my favorite survival films of all time. Right. But um, he's just, he's such a versatile actor. So that was another reason why I just wanted to watch this movie because it's Liam Neeson. How bad could it be? Um, and it's not bad at all. Um, so I, you brought up the reviews. I intentionally did not look up any reviews for yeah. this film. I yeah. wanted to go into this film with a non-biased outlook. I did not Absolutely. want any outside, ex, you know, I don't want my experience, my viewing Critics experience suck, by the way. tainted. What's that? Critics suck, by the way. Absolutely, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I did not want my viewing experience tainted by any outside opinions or influence or anything like that. So. 
again, Liam Neeson, uh, aside from him, the only other established actor in this film, I believe, was, um, what's his name? Holt, uh, Holt McCallany. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, right? yeah. <laughs> and, Lawrence, and Lawrence Fishburne, of course, yes. Um, but back to, back to the ice road, would I recommend this film? Yes, I would. Um, if you're looking for just, you know, an easy Friday, Saturday night popcorn flick, you know, and don't take it too seriously, go in there with your expectations low and you won't be disappointed. But yes, I would recommend this. So I, I was, maybe I was still on the old brand. I was still looking for a Taken movie. Maybe I had a little bit of that uh, that John Wick scratch I want to itch. And so I guess I had to adjust my expectations on the fly. Because like you, I don't like to read reviews before I jump on a movie because I don't want things to be informed. But I guess I was kind of expecting the, the Liam Neeson of 2010, not necessarily yeah. Liam Neeson of this one. And so seeing him in the snow, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's fighting wolves again. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I swerved myself, yep. if I could be so bold. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's talk about what worked, man. You said you like you recommend it, but what aspect would you say, look, man, this is the hottest part of the movie. These are characters I love, situations you find yourself being in. Right. Well, we, we went back to Lawrence Fishburne, right? Because, again, I love Lawrence Fishburne, great actor. Um, in contrast to Neeson in this film, because, again, I love Neeson, I love Fishburne. But I felt um, Neeson was a little miscast in this in this film. But oh. well, yeah, but Lawrence Fishburne he he owned his part in this, and I was ex I was expecting him to have a, kind of a bigger part in the film. I was actually a little shocked with uh, some turn of events in, in this film along the way. You can spoil uh, things if you want to in the show. Oh, okay. Well, he dies. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Lawrence Fishburne dies, and uh, I, I did not expect that. I, I thought he was going to have a much bigger part. In the film, I started off that way. You know, he's he's the go-to guy. He's recruiting everybody for this huge rescue mission, and just like that, he's gone. And it, it was one of those moments where you're watching it, and you're like, "Wow, did, did that just happen?" You know, he ends yeah. up drowning with the rig, and I'm like, "All right, maybe he'll, maybe he'll pop up in like, you know, <laughs> like five minutes or something." Like, oh yeah, I, yeah, I swam to the service. Yeah, we're all good. But, uh, but that wasn't the case. He died. And I, I appreciated the risks of this. That's one of the things I appreciate this film. It did take some risks. And especially, you know, a big name like Lawrence Fishburne, you know, I mean, you killed him off. And I, I, was, I was surprised by that. But I, but I love the idea that they went that way with the character. Um, and there, there were some moments. Well, aside from, aside from Neeson and Fishburne, let me go back. I love the, I love the pacing of this film. Okay. So... It, it knows exactly what it wants to be, the movie, right? Don't take it too seriously. But within the first 12 minutes, the plot of this movie is is revealed. You know exactly where this movie's going. And it just goes off. It, but it doesn't it doesn't try to do too much. It says, hey, this is what we're doing, this is the movie, this is what we're this is the plot, this is what we're going with. And it wastes no time, and I absolutely love that. It doesn't tread water, it doesn't drag its tail. Mm. And it just goes for it. And, and I, I always appreciate that because I feel movies nowadays, they, they spend so much time setting, setting big things up that in the end ultimately have zero payoff. But this movie has some payoff at the end. So I appreciated what it did. And also, it kept me on my toes. I went back to the Lawrence Fishburne scene. You know, it, it yeah. took him out of the movie. This movie does, does try a few different things, and I respect that. One of the biggest set pieces of this is towards the climax of the film, Neeson and um, his brother are trekking through the, through the snow to try to deliver the rescue equipment. And it involves 
pretty cool, satisfying death to the main villain. But there, another thing I like is there's very little CGI in this film, which I think is way overused these days. I mean, especially Netflix <laughs> movies, right? But, yeah, so some CGI is pretty wonky in some of these movies. I yeah, mean, it really is. It's like, sometimes it's like they're not even trying. It's like, yeah, just put a, put a bush there or whatever the case is, you know? Right. But I think uh, it, was, it was used sparingly in this film. And... You know, it, it was, for the most part, very well done. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate in this film where the CGI comes into play and where the practical effects are. And some examples, uh, there's one point in the scene where there's an avalanche and, you know, see all these, all the snow rolling down the hill and all this debris and everything. Obviously, they didn't film inside an actual avalanche, but it's very well done. It's pretty convincing. And, uh, it, yeah, it does, it does a pretty good job. Again, the CGI, when used sparingly and smartly, it's, it pays dividends, and it did in this film. So you had mentioned a couple of moments ago about knowing what the plot is. It's a rescue mission or a reconnaissance and rescue mission on this ice road in, in the Canadian tundra on ice. And there's a book called Save the Cat with a lot of modern movies go through, which I do like it. And I do apply it to when I watch Netflix shows. And that is if I'm watching a movie and I don't know what the stake is in 20 minutes, I am quitting. There's just too much content out there to consume something I don't like. Let me know what's going on. So I did I really appreciate that aspect of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we talked about the, the mix of CGI, the mix of the practical effects. Uh, one of my favorite movies in that genre was uh, Faster, uh, the one with Billy Bob Thornton and The Rock, because that was really a practical movie. Uh, I got to ask, though, I mean, this, this is 2021. There's, there's a new generation out there. I bet with some directors, they would have made the, the avalanche have two arms and two legs. and be a kaiju monster. Yeah. Like, like there's right. a little bit of restraint in this one. And, uh, and I wonder, is that to its detriment or is that really heightened everything for you? They heightened everything for me. I, you know, I think, uh, again, going back to uh, movies these days, I think they try to do a little too much, and it's overkill. Showing restraint in this film, and again, the action's very sparingly as well. This isn't a, you know, from beginning to end action movie. You know, there, there, there's some high-speed chases here and there. There's the avalanche scene. But it doesn't shove it all in your face and say, hey, this is, you know, this is action. It's, they use... Um, the directors did a great job with this and just the cinematography as a whole. So I was impressed by it. I, in my opinion, they used just enough of what they were trying to do and it translated well on screen. Uh, written directed by Jonathan Hensley, uh, yeah. who's also wrote a screenplay for Kill the Irishman, which I did not know. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, uh, the first Jumanji, I believe. Yeah. The first, the first, oh, Jumanji right? okay. re the Richard Army reboot. So the first okay. rock Kevin Hart one. So okay. uh, definitely a sense of pace, definitely a sense of adventure here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the side characters. Uh, how'd you feel about Tantu uh, being a little bit more of a self-aware native character? We were uh, talking about this in other episodes of what was on Netflix, about the representation of different people in different cultures, but she has some attitude, but she was a good right-hand man and she wasn't yeah. even a man. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I liked her character. Uh, to, to be honest, she was a great actress. But she was another one that I thought might have been a little miscast. I, the way the character was written, I thought maybe the movie could have benefited from maybe someone a little older. Um, yeah. Maybe someone maybe a little more had a little more badassery to her, like Michelle Rodriguez type, you know, something along those lines. She, you know, she, she, had, she had that uh, presence about her, but she also had the, you know, she's a, maybe a little too young to be portraying that type of character. 
So I, you know, I don't know. I wasn't in the casting room when this movie was cast, but um, that's my opinion there. Overall, I, I thought she was great. She, she did with she, she did well with what she was given, but overall, I, I thought I thought maybe she, you know, probably a different actor probably would have suited that role a little better. Fair, fair. And and so with this this ice road action, uh, it reminds me a lot of the ice road truckers reality show. Uh, a little bit of a different vibe, obviously, but the premise is the same. These guys put their eyes on the line. It's time to winter tundra. Now I gotta ask you: If you're an executive in the corner office, would you would you be bold enough to say, if you like this, check out this? And if not, ice road truckers, what would you put in that place? Oh, that's a very good question, Flavio. Uh, I would say if you like ice road truckers and you're kind of into that sort of thing, and you like Liam Neeson, sure, go right ahead. Um, but you might be a little disappointed at the same time. So I, that, that, that is a very tricky question, but what I would put in its place instead of ice road truckers, uh, to be honest, this kind of reminds, this might be sound a little silly, but I could not stop thinking about it, feeling like a lower stakes Armageddon with Bruce Willis. I don't know why, but okay. the whole time, okay, yeah. Yeah. you know, the stakes are far, far small. The whole world is on jeopardy, but you have a few, you know, a few souls that are trapped in the mines that are trying to get out and you got to deliver this equipment to, you know, to drill or whatever, whatever they got to do to get them out of there. And that's kind of what this felt like. It was kind of like four man's Armageddon. Yeah. Got to, got to get me the, the Aerosmith soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's what this film was missing. That's what it was. <laughs> I can imagine seeing it in the truck going, this is a close mind. I gotta miss you. <laughs> I don't want to say too much. I'm like, give me a copyright strike. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, I, I remember there was a, a little bit of a pocket of a genre when I, when I was younger. Those like that, the action disaster films, you know, the Speed, Speed 2, uh, the recently, the Hurricane Heist, uh, where it basically yeah. was a hurricane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's a very unique subgenre. It kind of comes and goes in waves. And I know this is kind of a general question, but do you want to see more of that kind of stuff? Or do you think that this one serves what it needs to be? It's kind of cute. It's kind of unique. Leave it alone. Or it's kind of like, no, we need a, this needs to come make a comeback. Uh, I think it could use a comeback. I mean, you know, like I said, that, that was big stuff in like the 90s and, and the early 2000s. And of course, it was at the time, it was that's kind of like all Hollywood would do. Just one after another, roll them out, roll them out. The same, same idea. But going along the lines of what uh, of what the ice road did, I would not mind seeing more films like that. And and like we talked about before, showing some restraint. Those movies in the nineties, they showed no restraint. They threw everything in the kitchen kitchen sink out there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, nineties was all about camp too. So a lot of those movies were kind of camping. But but show some, I, I I wish more directors would show some restraint and not you know not throw everything out there. I, I think that that would be a really good thing for the genre to make a comeback. Sure. So uh, I gotta be that guy and throw some 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 rain on the parade, man. You know, I gotta throw some poop to the fan. Of course. Let's, let's talk about things I didn't like. Uh, that ending seemed pretty sudden to me, man. You put me on this journey. We're getting these character bonds and it's kind of like, bang, <laughs> punch in <Yeah>. the face. <laughs> well, I mean, what was that for you? I mean, did I just look at it wrong? Did I misinterpret it? What's going on there? No, that, that, that struck an emotional chord with me. Uh, we're talking about Gertie, the, the brother? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that kind of came out of left field, didn't it? Um, it did. It, you know, throughout the whole movie, uh, props to that actor, by the way. I can't, I can't remember his name. I looked it up in the credits. but, uh, but the Marcus actor, Thomas. Marcus Thomas, thank you. He did, he did a 
superb job playing somebody who, you know, who's seen wartime in Iraq and came back and, and is obviously trying to adjust to uh, what he has seen there and also some medical issues that he's dealing with, mental, uh, mental issues. But he did a great job with the character. I love the character. And he, I can't say I was completely surprised at that ending for him, but um, it, it, it did, it served its purpose. It, it made us care about this character and then it just took him away out of nowhere. So, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think the film needed to go there. I think it could have ended with, with him and his brother, you know, getting the rig that they wanted and driving off into the sunset. But it decided to go that route. And it's, it, it, was, it was kind of depressing. And I don't, I, I don't completely know how I feel about it. I, I might, I'm probably going to watch this movie again. Sure. Um, just like, just like I, I told you I did with The Grey, through subsequent viewings, I've grown to you know, appreciate it more. And I might have a different outlook on it when I watch it again. But first time watching it, I was definitely surprised, a little blown away that they went that route. Yeah. But I, uh, I don't think it was a bad thing. I, again, this movie takes some risks. It, it tries some, some things that you wouldn't expect. It kept me on my toes. And once again, I have to commend the, the writers for it. Yeah. I mean, while you're watching it, forget the shock value of it all, but like if you had a chance to, to, to rewrite that ending, like what would you would like to see on the first viewing, of course, what would you have liked to have seen? I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm ever the optimist because I'm a Mets <laughs> fan. I always have to look uh, on the bright yeah. side, right? Say more but, and more, fam. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I'd probably go back to what I said before, where I'd probably have him, him, Gertie saved the day. Closed, the, you know, he closed the gates and prevents the rig from backing up into into the uh, off the cliff. And maybe he'll sustain like a minor injury, maybe lose a leg or a limb or something like that. But in the end, I figured, you know, they, him and his brother, you know, they would just drive off. They'd get their rig, their dream. They'd get their rig and they'd just drive off into the sunset. And who knows? Maybe open the possibility for a sequel. Yeah. Who so, knows? Well that leads me to my my segment here it's called pitch the sequel steve if you had a chance to convince you to watch a theoretical sequel to the ice road what would it look like what would it sound like putting you completely on the spot uh well liam neeson uh he would go on in the sequel he has his rig and he he is retired from the cia and his daughter he has a daughter and she gets abducted, and <laughs> and she gets taken in a in a in a big rig, and, and a high a high speed chase ensues, and he has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> I honestly, that that there was the put me on the spot. I, I was kind of just winging that one, but uh, it kind of hey, sounds familiar. Kind of sounds it, familiar. It right? Sounds Hollywood to me. It's not, it's it's a little original, but not too original. So right, you go. just throw the rig in there. It's kind of a whole new movie. Yes, but. take it on take it on the truck. Uh, thanks, DLJ. Me just watching. It says lose a leg like it's nothing. I know. Poor Gertie. <laughs> we just just go ahead. Just whoop. walk it off. Walk it off. <laughs> hey, what's the problem over there? He's <laughs> milking it. You know. Uh, so before we get out of here, Stephen, look, you can be as 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 open or as private as you want uh, here of Love Us on Netflix new segment. What is else? What else is on your queue right now? What is something you've been telling yourself you're going to watch it that had some time but you haven't gotten around to it yet? You want to know? Uh, not a movie, but 
the Umbrella Academy. It's been in my queue for years, and I am really looking forward to it. I've, I've heard this is one of the things where I actually look into reviews for because they're kind of in your face all over the place. I've heard nothing but great reviews on this show. So uh, it is in my queue, but again, you know, walking, you know, watching, watching Netflix and you spend more time looking for something to watch. And I'm never in the mood to really watch it. It's like, it's in my queue. It's staring at me. It's taunting me. And I'm just so reluctant to hit the play button, but I'm thinking this coming week, I will start it. So I'm in the same boat. JLJ media says, I love the umbrella Academy. I saw the first one. So that's a problem with binging. Cause you can do it and binge it and then like, forget it. <laughs> but yeah. the first season I saw, I actually, I actually enjoyed it. And so, Yes, you should do it. You'll like it, and you'll do it. That's what you should do. I will. Um, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, Flobo. Hey, hey, look, man. I started a podcast because my queue was too long. So I, I, totally, <laughs> I totally understand. I was like, I, I, there's no way I'm going to watch all this. I'm paying them the money. I'm going to do it. Well, kudos <laughs> to you. That's one way to do it, for sure. I know. My, my millions of fans are kind of like, what's next? So, <laughs> uh, Steve, so glad you're on the show, man. This is the Ice Rose episode of Flobo Star on Netflix. Now, here's a time where you promote everything you're on because i know you're gonna have a bunch of fans after today's episode i appreciate that Flo, but well you know again like you i'm a diehard mets fan and if you prick me i bleed orange and blue uh for the co-host of amazing talk me and my buddy charlie we started this podcast back before the season even began back in march and it's amassed a pretty great following so far you know we're on uh we're on twitter we're on facebook we're starting out on youtube also we actually did our first facebook live podcast couple of weeks ago and uh and it went pretty well we didn't embarrass ourselves too bad yeah. but but it's, it's a lot of fun we enjoy we enjoy the banter between each other uh we don't we don't always see eye to eye on things and that's a good thing <laughs> it, it, it draws up conversation and and that's what i love about our podcast you know we might not agree but at the same at the end of the day we all we we love the same team we're passionate about the same team and uh we're happy to share that with with our listeners and our viewers yeah, I, you may not be a baseball person, but I am. Uh, that, that Mets team is is part of my identity, and it's so refreshing. And when I get homesick, I listen to your, watch your show, listen to your show, because you're not super negative for the sake of being negative. There is that little sliver of optimism that you have for like a a cousin who's good. always in trouble with the law. That's why I feel <laughs> the Mets are. You're like, damn it, Roger. Oh, you're lucky. That, I love you. And that's what I feel when I watch your show every week. So that is the perfect it. way to put it. Yes. <laughs> So we gotta do this. We gotta do this again, man. We we'll pick another one. We'll do it again. So much fun sitting here chatting, rapping about the Netflix queue and all that. Would you come back? Absolutely. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, absolutely, man. Follow us on Netflix, part of the New Amsterdam Entertainment Network, NewAmsterdam.com. And well, until next time, let me know what you're watching on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs>